Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Before we get started today, I want to take a minute to thank all of the listeners who supported us during WDET's fall fundraiser, a very urgent fundraiser this year because $250,000 of our budget is disappearing October 1st. Listeners really stepped up, and I know how many of the listeners who on this show, uh, who participate in this show every day, are among those people who stepped up. So a, a big thanks, personal thanks from me for that, and of course the thanks of the entire station for the effort over the last uh, few days to, to, to raise that money. Also remember that uh, if you are walking into work or otherwise have to step away from your radio, uh, you can still hear the entire broadcast of Detroit Today. Whenever you are ready, you can go to iTunes or wherever it is that you download podcasts, you download and subscribe to Detroit Today, and when you are ready to listen to us, you can do so. A little later in the show, we're going to talk about what happens when we talk to each other instead of about each other. Think of how often in Trump's America we are talking about the people on the other side of the political spectrum, shaking our heads maybe about what they're doing or what they're saying. Uh, what happens, though, when you get people from opposite sides of that political spectrum together? What you know? Can they have a conversation about uh, the things that divide them? We're going to talk with Hank Newsom, who's the president of Black Lives Matter of Greater New York, and hear about his experience going to a Trump rally and taking the stage. Unbelievable audio with that segment, and Hank will have some unbelievable things to say about his experience at that Trump rally. Uh, you're going to want to stay tuned to that segment as well, about half past the hour. But first, many people in the United States are frantically trying to get information about loved ones they have who live in Puerto Rico. Hurricane Maria devastated the island, leaving residents with no power and no cell service, making it really difficult to let family and friends know that people are okay. There is massive flooding and buildings are destroyed. Reports of limited food and fresh water all over the island. There have been a number of cries from officials in Puerto Rico for more aid from the United States government. Uh, yet U.S. officials are quick to jump on relief for Houston and parts of Florida after hurricanes Harvey and Irma. They, they just haven't been all that quick to do the same uh, for this territory of the United States, all of whose residents are American citizens. One of the things that I think gets lost a lot when we talk about Puerto Rico is the fact that the people who are there are as American as you or I. And so that raises the question about why we think of their devastation, their misery as different. Also remember that Puerto Rico, even before this hurricane, uh, was in the middle of a pretty bad fiscal crisis, one that has often been compared to what we faced here in the city of Detroit. Uh, lots of questions about what its economic future was going to look like. I'm going to start the show today talking about Puerto Rico, talking about what happened there, uh, what is going on with the people who are there, and what's going on with some folks here trying to to establish contact with loved ones in Puerto Rico. But I also want to talk with you, the listeners, about this. Uh, what do you think about the difference between the response to what happened in Puerto Rico and what we saw 
in Houston and in Florida. Do you think we need to be more more responsive than we have been? Why aren't we more responsive than we have been to the people of Puerto Rico? 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work your comments into the conversation. And joining me now to talk about what's going on in uh, Puerto Rico is J.J. Velez. He's a Detroit resident and has family members living in Puerto Rico. J.J., welcome to Detroit Today. Stephen, thank you. Yeah. Um, let, let's first talk about your personal uh, connection here. Uh, you are still trying to find out what has happened uh, to loved ones you have there. That is correct. Um, last time I spoke to the loved ones in Puerto Rico um, was the day before Maria hit. Um, since then, there's no communication with anybody on the island. Yeah. Um, the communication coming off the island is very limited. Um, and that's mostly based off of social media, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And so, and so are you spending your time just scouring different sources to try to find any little bit of information? Exactly. You know, myself and my family who live here um, in Detroit and New York um, are looking at Facebook, trying to get any glimpse of hope um, to see if we can recognize a family member or if someone has seen or spoken to a family member in Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah. And and talk about the circumstances under which your family came to the mainland of the United States from the territory of Puerto Rico and who yeah. is still still yeah. behind there. So both my parents um, are Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I appreciate you, you mentioning that. Puerto Ricans are American citizens. Yeah. Um, my Both my parents were born and raised in Puerto Rico. They came to the mainland, New York, um, where you know we were born and raised, um, living in Manhattan. Right now in Puerto Rico, I have a great aunt who's in her 90s. Um, I have a lot of aunts and uncles who live in Puerto Rico around the San Juan um, area. Uh-huh. And, and are, are you, when you talked to them the day before, mm-hmm. what were they doing to prepare for... This hurricane, which which is a really different kind of storm than what Puerto Rico normally deals with. Yeah, you know, I, I think most people forget that Irma passed before Maria, right, right. and so Puerto Ricans and, and Puerto Rico was they, they were cleaning up the effects of Irma, mm-hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden, I'm um, realizing Maria, you know, was was right behind. You know, they had to once again prepare to for for another hurricane. And I think um, a lot of the family members that I spoke to the day before were just collecting water, canned goods, boarding up the houses, um, making sure that um, they were ready for, you know, Maria um, to come to the island. Yeah, yeah. Um, you and I were talking before the segment about Puerto Rico and about the the, the damage that this mm-hmm. storm did. It really is mind-blowing. And I want you to spend just a little time telling the listeners about what, what the island looks like, what kind of condition it's in after this storm? So, you know, based off of what I've seen off of Facebook um, and social media, um, the images that are coming off of the island, um, you know, is, is, is pretty dire. Um, some of the reports um, that are coming off, it's worse than Katrina, uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, um, a lot of the, f- the people on the island, there, there isn't any power. There's really little water. Um, food is dwindling, um, and fuel um, is, is dwindling as well. Yeah. And so, with when you have those things, I think p- 
people start, you know, to try to figure out what's next. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the communication problem that mm -hmm. people are having with the island is be is is due to, to two things, as, as far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. There's no power. Correct. Uh, but then you were also talking about the communication towers, the cell towers yep. uh, that, that were wiped out. Yeah. So, so you know, I've done some, some reading and some research. So the island of Puerto Rico has about 1,600 cell towers. Um, when Maria hit, about 1,300 of those cell towers um, are, are not functional right now. Yeah. And so with that being said, there is no communication. You know, I know we'll talk about, you know, what reports are coming out of Puerto Rico, but I think the reason why we haven't heard more from, from the media is because there's no way for it to get out of Puerto Rico to the general public. Right. Even if you were there reporting on it, you might not have a way to send what you're doing yeah. any anywhere else. Correct. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I wonder about uh, what how you feel about social media in, in the context like this. On the one hand, it's the only way you have mm -hmm. to get information about what might be happening to your relatives. On the other hand, uh, th that's a that's a really awful way to, to sort of learn about things. And it's really difficult because there isn't that much information. It's sort of a blessing and, and a curse, right? Yeah. And, and I agree with you. I, I think, you know, do we want to know what's happening on the island? Yes. But what comes out is just, it's horrific, you know, to see places that I grew up or I've recently visited, you know, I was in Puerto Rico for a family reunion in August before Irma and Maria, and, you know, the culture, the people, the places, you know, were thriving. Um, and then to look at some of the places that are coming out on the social media, mostly Facebook, um, it's, it's unrecognizable. Yeah. You know, roads are gone, um, communities gone. Um, and the fact that, you know, um, the report coming out of Puerto Rico is that, you know, electricity might not be restored for four to six months. Yeah. Four to six months, you know, that's if, if we go it's on. It's unimaginable. This, yeah. And if we go to six months, that's half a year without electricity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is J.J. Velez. He's a Detroit resident, has family members who are living in Puerto Rico. We're talking about the damage done to Puerto Rico from Hurricane Maria, which followed Hurricane Irma, which had done some damage to the island. Uh, unimaginable devastation that is taking place there on Puerto Rico. But at the same time, we don't really know the extent of the damage. We can't really know how bad things are. And so many people here on the mainland uh, are trying to find relatives and loved ones uh, on Puerto Rico to make sure that they're okay, having a really hard time doing that. We're also talking about the response to Hurricane Maria. How does that look different from what we saw in Houston and parts of Florida after Hurricanes Harvey and Irma? Is there a difference that is attributable to the fact that a lot of people don't think Puerto Rico really is part of the United States, even though it's a territory and all of its residents are American citizens? If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, JJ, I want to talk about that that response. Uh, uh, President Trump, first thing he has even said about what happened in Puerto Rico was a, 
a message of praise for FEMA for their response. He apparently thinks they're doing a decent job. Your descriptions of what's going on there, and and it, I guess if I were to go to social media and try to 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 learn more about what's happening there, I I don't think we'd reach the same conclusion. No, um, you know. Maria has actually, um, the effects of Maria has set the island back decades, 20 to 30 years. Um, you know, I, I touched on the fact that electricity um, might not be restored for four to six months. Um, you know, people are relying heavily on generators. But if the fuel goes out, you know, what happens? Yeah. Right. And I, and I think that we need to keep in mind that, Puerto Rico and its citizens are American citizens. And so, you know, we need to do as much as we can to help our American citizens through this this tough time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about why it's so difficult to get or why it will be so difficult to get supplies and relief to the island. There are, there are some legal restrictions that, that affect Puerto Rico that, that make it more difficult in times of disaster, right? Yeah, so um, from my understanding and my research, um, and the island of Puerto Rico um, is part of the United States, but there's something called the Jones Act. And the Jones Act um, allows or only allows um, anything coming in and off the island of Puerto Rico on an American ship. And so that makes it very difficult for aid to come to the island um, on top of it, um, as you know, Puerto Rico is an island, and the ports are pretty damaged. And I, I read a report that um, the, the, the Army of Engineers are there trying to open up the ports in order to make sure that ships um, can arrive in order to give aid. And so I think that's where we are right now, yeah. that we don't have enough ports open because of the damage. Yeah. Uh, that, that Jones Act uh, that affects the way they can get things on to the island sort of raises that question that I think doesn't come up enough in in American politics, which is why is Puerto Rico a territory that's treated differently than Michigan or Alabama or California? And are we are we anywhere in the conversation about statehood with regard to Puerto Rico? Yeah, you know, I, I think for for me, I, I leave that up to the politicians. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's that's. Uh, I call it, that's above my pay grade, you know. Um, but I, I think, you know, Puerto Rico um, does a lot for the United States and the mainland. You know, one of the things that I read as well is the island of um, Puerto Rico, because of Maria, 80% of the crops on the island were wiped were, out. Were, were destroyed. Yeah. And so so if that's 80%, that's 80% of the crops coming to the mainland, right? And so, you know, that not only affects the mainland Puerto, um, United States, but it also affects those on the island. So, you know, for them to eat, you know, and, and to, to survive the effects of Maria. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like Puerto Ricans want to be uh, a state? Are, are you somebody who thinks, hey, that's that's something that, that ought to happen for uh, for the place where you're from? I know there's mixed emotions on, on the island and um, – on the mainland as well, you know, some people believe that um, we want our independence. Puerto Ricans want their independence; they want to be their own country. Others believe that you know it's a good idea. You know, I think for me, um, through and through, I'm an American, and so I, I just want what's best for Puerto Rico and the Puerto Rican people. Yeah. If that is statehood, perfect. If that's independence, so be it. 
but whatever is in the best interest for Puerto Rico and the Puerto Rican people, um, I agree with. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter, and hashtag Detroit Today will work you into the conversation that we're having here about Puerto Rico and the devastation in the wake of Hurricane Maria. Let's go to Gene in Detroit. Gene, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, good morning, Stephen. Hey, Gene. How are you? Uh, one of the reasons why Puerto Rico has such ambiguous status is because after it was seized as a colony from Spain during the Spanish-American War, uh, the United States never really wanted to incorporate uh, an island that had people that had no significant white population. Yeah, Puerto Rico uh, was only given the ambiguous status that it has now as a commonwealth during World War One, so that President Wilson could draft Puerto Ricans into the yeah. army and to give American corporations certain special status on the island. Then uh, that's why to this day, they still, in Puerto Rican schools, don't teach about Ramon Betancas, hmm. who wanted independence from both Spain and the United States. Yeah. Gene, as always, thanks for the call, and that's a great uh, yeah. contextual uh, history to, to, to wrap around this this conversation. Um, you know, uh, J.J., we, we talk uh, about race and inequality a lot mm-hmm. on this program. Yes. That's part of the story. Uh, it's part of right. the story of Puerto Rico and why it is in the in the position it is. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if you've ever been to the island, but I have not. No. Yeah. Um, well, actually, no, that's not true. I I once had a layover for about three hours and got to to go see the beaches yeah. uh, in Puerto Rico. So. But you know, the island, you know, before Maria and Irma, you know, the, the island's beautiful. The people, the culture, the food, you know, and and it's it's mixed. It's a mixed culture. You know, you have Spanish influences. You know, you have uh, slave influences. You have, you know, American influences, you know, and and all pushed together, all mixed together, which makes, you know, the culture, the people of Puerto Rico, who they are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gene, again, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Annette in Detroit, you're up next on Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. First of all, let me thank you for having this program and bringing this uh, this subject uh, up to our attention. I I am vice chair for the Michigan chapter of Voluntary Organizations Aiding in Disasters. Uh, We just had our quarterly meeting in Lansing about a week ago. Um, Some of the organizations that make up... uh, that sit on our board include the Red Cross, Salvation Army, and just a host of other nonprofits and NGOs. And I'm a little embarrassed to say that very, very little was said about Puerto Rico during our meeting. Huh, really? Um, yes, unfortunately. But I'm going to uh, reach out to, to and, and that could be because we are feeling a bit overwhelmed in light of all of the hurricanes that have been happening here on the mainland, as we say. Um, but I'm going to reach out to our members today specifically about Puerto Rico because this has touched my heart. Um, and, and see if there's anything that we can do uh, uh, in addition to what we're already doing here in regard to the hurricanes that have hit the state, but uh, the mainland. Yeah. But um, this this is really a great program. Thank you so much for bringing this to uh, yeah, our Yeah, no, no, no problem. Yeah. Annette, I'm glad you called and, and gave us that bit of information about how even in 
the disaster relief community is maybe hard to get uh, traction on on this issue. JJ, talk about the efforts that people can make or take at this point to try to to try to help. Yeah, so you know, I appreciate the the caller. Um, you know, um, last week or two weeks ago, we had you know Detroit Homecoming, uh-huh. and you know, I, I was so lucky to be a part of that um, as a guest of my wife Carrie. Dugan mm-hmm. um, to some of the events, and so you know, while I was there, I spoke to some of the expats as well as some of the organizers of the homecoming. And one of the ideas that I was trying to pitch out there was, wouldn't it be great to do a Puerto Rico homecoming, right? Huh. You know, um, so so that we can bring some attention to the island. Yeah, I, I think that would be great. Why not? Right. You know, right? Um, I mean, the the there is real connection between Detroit and Puerto Rico. I mean, correct. it goes beyond. Just a few people yeah. who may have come here from there. There's there's real cultural tie there. Yeah, correct, correct. And and, and right now, you know, uh, I'm in conversations. Or I've I've been speaking to um, a local restaurant here. It's called Rincon Tropical. Um, the owner, his name is Rick. Um, he's taking donations. Um, and when I mean donations, it's not monetarily. It, it's it's diapers, water, flashlights, batteries, things that that. Everyday Puerto Ricans or everything, er, things that every day we take for granted sure. that Puerto Ricans need. But right they're not going to they're not going to be able to have it all. Exactly. And so, you know, that address for, for that restaurant location is 6538 Michigan Avenue. Um, that's located here in Detroit. Um, and Rick and his wife and, and the staff over there um, have been great. And they're taking um, donations. Yeah. Um, we had a caller who could not stay on the line. Um, he says, Scott says, uh, Puerto Rico wanted independence, but now they want our help. You can't have it both ways. Now, Scott also adds that uh, that he wants to help uh, America, but he's sort of, uh, I guess, annoyed by this sort of two-sided thing. That That idea of Independence versus statehood. First of all, I'm not. I guess I don't support the idea of using that in the context of a disaster to decide whether people deserve help or not. Um, but but is that a is that a a going concern on the island? This question of independence. Yeah, I, I think you know the conversations I've had with with family members, friends on the island. You know, they 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 they. It's either we're going to be a state. Or we're going to be independent, you know. Yeah. And I understand. You gotta have well, what, what, something. Yeah, you know, because part of it too, being a territory, we don't get the same liberties yeah. as, as the mainland. Yes, we are citizens. Yes, we can hop on a flight and come to the mainland without needing a passport. But we can't vote. Yeah. Right. Right. And so, so it's like, okay, either give us statehood, or let people be independent. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. We, you know, you touched on the fact that Puerto Rico, you know, um, has gone through some bankruptcy issues, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think that is something that we need to keep in mind too, because the city of Detroit went through bankruptcy issues, and it, it was able to get funding yeah. from from the federal government. Right. We figured out how to how to make that work yeah. for a city whose importance goes beyond just Detroit or Michigan, it was a, of national importance. And right. so the federal government stepped in to do that. I, yeah. You know, the, the applying that same lens to Puerto Rico is is difficult culturally, I think, because of these things that we've been talking about. Yeah. 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 And I think most people don't realize that on the island of Puerto Rico, there are 3.4 million people who live on the island. Yeah. 
It's not a small. No, it's, not it, a small place. it's one of the biggest United States territories with people living on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, JJ Velez, uh, Detroit resident with family members who are living in Puerto Rico. First of all, I hope uh, that very soon you are able to to get in contact with the folks you're trying to reach on on in Puerto Rico. Uh, but thank you very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. All right, up next, we're going to talk about an interesting encounter between Trump supporters at a rally and a Black Lives Matter organizer who showed up. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Detroit Today.